We came here from a dying world. We drift through the universe from planet to planet, pushed on by the solar winds. We adapt, and we survive. The function of life is survival. Help! Help! They're coming! They're coming! Listen to me! We've got Sutherland. We've got Spock. We've got San Francisco. We've got Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978 right now on the Late Night Fright. Hey, shut up, you assholes. We're trying to do a show. Goddamn pod people. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. It is great to be back. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very body-snatching co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, I can't remember the last time we were in a room together. <laughs> I know, it's been a long time. It has been a long time. It feels like yesterday, but I was going to say, time. it doesn't seem that long, but it does. Time has been a very elastic concept it has <laughs> with everything going on in the world with oh. the dreaded covid the yeah. dreaded covid so we have been on a little bit of a hiatus just because of uh of the pandemic going on and uh being respectful for other people that we stay with and not you know mm-hmm. being being around each other but uh we're still social distancing we are technically social distancing at the moment so we want to thank all of you out there uh for being so patient with us uh i know people have you know continued to listen to the show we put out a few little episodes we uh there was some edgar Allan poe and uh Mm -hmm. some other things but this is a, a proper episode of late night fright so thank you all for being so patient with us and uh we're back to being semi regular now I don't know if people out there are cheering, if they're Does booing, anyone even care? Or if they care. That was that was my next one. So but we're back. We're gonna keep doing our little show. We have a good one tonight. As we said in the introduction, we have Sutherland, we have Spock, we have San Francisco. We have a real assortment of weirdos in this movie, don't we? Yeah. And there are some some characters in this movie. <laughs> Faith, what movie are we talking about tonight? 1970, is it 8? 1978. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The Invasion of the Body Snatchers from director Philip Kaufman. We're going to talk about him just a little bit. We're going to talk about the great cast in this movie. It is a great cast. It really is. One of my favorite casts I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Really good and a really good movie. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited to talk about this tonight. I I think... uh, I think it's a, a wonderful film. It's a great remake, and I think it's appropriate for the times that we live in. So we're going to talk about that. But we have a little bit of business, don't we, Faith? We do. What time is it, Faith? It is time for the news. Time for the news. Update! Information that was false and fake and never happened. All right, Faith, what you got? I have nothing. I don't have nothing either. There's literally nothing going on in the world. I guess not. Nothing? Is there anything on your page? No. I don't even have a page. There's no news at all. Turn on the TV. There's nothing going on in the world. Mm-mm. Must be one of those days. 
Yeah, nothing going on in the world. <laughs> nothing nothing going on outside the windows. We don't talk about that stuff no. here on the show. Let me ask you before we go to break, what have you been doing with yourself uh, over the past uh, few months? Besides going crazy? <laughs> Besides going crazy, Faith. Well, you inspired me to buy a ukulele, and I have been obsessed with learning it. We've both so, we've both been playing ukulele. So thank you for, quite for a bit. you're very welcome. Tempting me to buy one. <laughs> if you are out there, uh, if you are musically inclined and do not have a ukulele, you need to get one. If you mm-hmm. are not musically inclined and don't have a ukulele, you need to get one because it is impossible to be unhappy playing a ukulele. It's really true. Isn't that isn't that true faith? It is. And it's I think it's just the greatest, sweetest instrument uh-huh. in the entire world. And it's uh, for a lot of reasons. And it's just, uh, you know, it's compact. You can bring it anywhere. It's so compact. My mom thinks it, it belongs to like a little monkey. Yeah. She thinks I stole a monkey's guitar. But it's a monkey whatever. guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, I got one and, and um, I replaced one. I had one years ago and, and never replaced it. And you followed suit. And uh I've just been having a ball playing it. That's uh, I've learned been, so fast too. It's like it, it's easy, it's mind blowing. I'm easy like, oh my god, up. I'm learning. Yeah. It's so if fast. you if you have a little bit of patience and uh, you know and and determination, you can you can pick it up really easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, there's there's a wealth of YouTube information out there yeah. on it too. I mean, it's oh, so yeah. easy to learn instruments these days. It's it's amazing. Uh, anything else uh, going on in your world? Anything interesting? Anything mm-hmm. that you've seen or heard? Uh, album wise, music wise, TV, TV Man, wise. I've had two new albums come out that I've been listening to. What you What you got? Laura Marling, mm-hmm. Haley Williams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you turned me on to both yes. of those. Yeah. And I was upset. The Killers were supposed to release an album last week, but no. Got I have to wait until it. July. Gotcha. So gotcha. Sad. Well, this uh, this ties in with the film we're going to be talking about today. I uh, went on a monk kick. The uh, oh, I followed Tony, you down that the Tony, <laughs> the Tony Shalhoub show Monk that aired on USA. His wife, Brooke Adams, is in the movie mm-hmm. that we're going to be talking about tonight. And funny enough, Monk takes place in San Francisco. So does the movie we're talking about tonight. <laughs> uh, if you I was late to the Monk party, I was mm-hmm. very late to the Monk party. <laughs> and I'm ashamed of myself for being so late to this party because I did 125 episodes of Monk in about two weeks you deserve an award <laughs> yeah also i quit smoking so this was yeah, like you deserve a bigger award. this was uh i'm i'm uh, i'm two weeks off as of this recording like of nicotine totally like like not just cigarette like no replacements That's or awesome. anything like that and uh so i literally on this uh, may 23rd not that we're counting uh <laughs> at nine o'clock had my last cigarette because there was one in the pack and uh, finished it and threw all my paraphernalia away and uh, went inside, brushed my teeth, sat down and started watching Monk. Mm-hmm. So that's in, in two <laughs> weeks later, but that was my go-to show. That was, and uh, I got really hooked into it and really enjoyed it. Yeah, so, I followed you into that and it's, it's yeah, a it's, good show. it's really good. And it's funny that it ties into our movie tonight. <laughs> so, uh, so there's been, uh, there, there was that going on and I've been listening to a lot of old favorites like Randy Newman and, the Beach Boys and uh, trying to stay in a happy place for the most Try. part. Trying, <laughs> trying to stay in a happy place, and uh, 
So that's it. And uh, we both just decided it was time to get back on the on the horse and do the show again. Yeah. We, we thought that the coast was clear enough, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> thought that the coast was clear enough. So uh, today is, uh, as of this recording, is June 6th. So we would like to recognize all of the brave men uh, who stormed the beaches of Normandy uh, in the D-Day invasion operation mm-hmm. Overlord. Uh, we still remember that and are very grateful and thankful for that yes. <laughs> <laughs> still to this day thankful for that so we want to make sure to recognize them and give our uh, great appreciation and thanks for all the men and the women who uh, you know mm-hmm. that, that generation the greatest generation it's an amazing thing that they did and uh, the sacrifice will never be forgotten and also faith today being it's, June 6th is Robert England's birthday. Robert England's birthday. Let's see. He was born in 1947, I believe. So that would make him 73 mm-hmm. today. That's right. So Freddy Krueger is 73 today. Robert England. Uh, we have invited him to be on the show. And Faith, you actually, before we go to break, you um, heard back from someone I did. in his it organization. Was, uh, I, can't, I, can't, I think his name's Steve Lowe. I think it's his um his publicist. Yeah, and yeah. and I just we not only them. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna email. I think it was like a week later. He wrote back and he's like, oh, I, I talked to him about it, but he's a little busy right now and trying to keep his throat, you know, comfortable. I'm like, somebody actually responded. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. So that's pretty cool. That was great. You know, we had Huey Lewis responded to us and, and said he couldn't do the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Robert said he couldn't do it. And it's amazing. We feel so good about them <laughs> not doing the show. But thank you so much for for uh, getting back to right. us on that, Robert. And uh, we love you. Happy birthday. And uh, we have a little special song for him that we're going to play <laughs> out. Uh, when we get back, we are going to talk about 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. England, England, don't keep us dreaming. Come on, I show, come on, I show, come on, I show, prime time. Faith, I think we should tell them about our back catalog. I think we should. Faith, tell them about our back catalog. We have slashers, thrashers, slicers, dicers, universal monsters. We even have a comedy. We do. We have a comedy. Yes, we do. All of those are available wherever podcasts can be found. Good job on that, Faith. (laughs) Thank you. Thrashers, slashers, slicers, dicers. (laughs) We'll be right back. Sleep. 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 Sleep.
the others. Elizabeth, wake up. Get you when you sleep. Sit up. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's got no detail, no character. It's unformed. All of a sudden, they're growing like parasites. Is it contagious? People are being duplicated. How do you know my name? I didn't tell you my name. I can't find anything in here that looks like a body. My side's nosebleed. It looked right at me. You're looking at it as if it was human. It was not human. Now, the classic fear begins to grow. <laughs> We're being cornered. In a modern masterpiece of science fiction. They're barricading the street. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Leonard Nimoy. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. From deep space, the seed is planted. Terror grows. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I'm so glad to say that. I'm so glad to be back. <laughs> I am Dan. And I'm Faith. And we have a good one. We do. We have a good one tonight. And it is 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers from director Philip Kaufman. The screenplay was by W.D. Richter based on The Body Snatchers by Jack Finney. This is a remake of a 1955 classic directed by Don Siegel. We talked about Don Siegel on this show with Dirty Harry, uh, the Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, 1971 absolute classic also set in san francisco so there must be some kind of <laughs> mystical magic about san francisco we're going to talk a little bit about san francisco tonight right. uh, i have no notes so this is going to be very free form i'm looking forward to this uh I'm, I'm looking forward to just as the Taoists say just feeling the flow just just letting it go and and seeing where the night takes us so faith um invasion of the body snatchers what did you think of this movie i really really liked it i thought that i would like it but i actually liked it more than i thought i would for, i don't know why but was this the first time watch for you it was First time, um, mm -hmm. were you familiar with this story at all? Because we should point out this has been done four times to my reckoning. Uh, the classic 55 movie, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, this one. Uh, there was a version from 92 or 93 called Body Snatchers. Mm -hmm. And then there was a 2007 version with Nicole Kidman called The Invasion. I've, I have not seen the Nicole Kidman, Daniel I've Craig version. I've seen it a few times. How is that it's movie? It's pretty good. Well, we should do that. Maybe we should like do all of them. Yeah. Like, kind of do a, a Body Snatchers yeah. uh, kind of retrospective. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good movie. I've seen the 93 version, and I really liked that. That had Gabrielle that. Anwar, who was in uh, Sin of a Woman, and she was in a USA show. Uh, was it Burn Notice, perhaps? She was She was in one of the USA shows. I don't know. Again, how funny is this? We're going back to USA. a USA show, <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of all roads <laughs> leading back to Monk. <laughs> Uh, Philip Kaufman is the director of this. Philip Kaufman, uh, he directed the movie The Right Stuff. He also directed a movie called Quills. He is uh, he always gets a story credit, though, when an Indiana Jones movie is released because he contributed The Lost Ark to 
the Raiders of said oh. arc. <laughs> he uh, he is part of that movie mafia with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and John Milius. Uh, these men we've talked about several times on this show, but he's part of that brain trust and collective. And uh, so, uh, you know, he's he's cemented his place in movie history with uh, his contributions to Indiana Jones. Yeah, I kind of looked him up and I just saw characters and I was like, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he contributed uh, uh, material that went into the first. Uh, he may have even written the first draft. Uh, so some material was there and anyway. But uh, he did contribute the arc to that. So uh, right. big piece of movie history right there. <laughs> but his film, The Right Stuff, is absolutely wonderful. That's about the Mercury space program. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is in that movie as well. He pops up here, and uh, he he's very good. He's a he's a very good uh, good director. Uh, he also did a film called The Unbearable Lightness of Being, which uh, in which everyone basically has sex. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he also did a movie called Henry and June, uh, based on Anais Nin's writings, and uh, everyone has sex in that. Quills is about a guy who writes stories where everyone has sex. So, uh, so I don't know, but he's, uh, he's very preoccupied with writers. Uh, he's, he's very taken with writers. And, uh, this movie is very interesting because it's a remake and this is one of the first kind of big remakes. Mm-hmm. Um, remake wasn't a, a, a thing at that time. Um, they, Hollywood was learning that they could put uh, numbers after a title of a popular movie, put out a sequel, and make a lot of money. <laughs> and they were learning that they could remake old properties and make some money. So, But this is really good. The thing is, this doesn't feel like a remake to me. And I've Mm-mm. seen the classic film a few times when I was a kid. Uh, great movie gets the happy ending. This one, not so much. So right. <laughs> um, what did you think just of the of the story? in general I liked it a lot I I liked the flow of the story I feel like it took its time but not too slow you know I feel like I was it was kind of inching its way into yes what's what's really you know what's going to unfold and I feel like that kept me on my toes throughout the whole movie absolutely let's tell them what it's about uh there are alien spores from a planet that we do not know where they come from they drift on the solar winds, as uh, <laughs> Spock tells us, and they basically create duplicates and take over. And that's all she wrote. Uh, they do make the point in the movie. Uh, Brooke Adams character says something about uh, how one species can you know, mate with another species. And she's talking about flowers mm-hmm. and create a third species. And that's kind of what happens here with these pod people. And the greatness of this story lies, I think, not so much in the story. And this is part of why I picked this is you can read anything into it, mm-hmm. <laughs> anything into it, because the 50s version was it was Cold War paranoia. The 70s version, they're dealing heavily with Watergate fallout. I mean, mm-hmm. mistrust of the government, <laughs> um, you know, this, I was thinking about this. Uh, I said we weren't going to talk about current events, and I I really don't want to. But it's kind of funny because I was thinking about the 70s and the 60s and and that time period and how Mm -hmm. heavy it was. And, you know, you see these things and there there are these things on TV. You see these documentaries and things like that. And it's like, oh, that'll never happen. And we find ourselves living in times just as heavy, if not heavier, than than the 60s and 70s. And uh but uh, with that said, this movie was a response to Watergate, you know, uh, mistrust, mm-hmm. mistrust, paranoia, maybe a little bit, conspiracy theories, uh, which they <laughs> actually do say uh, the word conspiracy theory in in this film. 
And uh, the 90s version, I don't know what that would be in response to uh, at that time, but definitely Invasion, I could see being in response to 9-11 and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So the story works, you know, on that on that level where you can you can put anything onto it, exactly. any fear that you want. We've talked about that on this show before with uh, Michael Myers. We've talked about it with Freddy Krueger. We talked about it with The Thing. And mm-hmm. The Thing is was popping into my mind when I was watching this movie. This, the, the thing was just sitting right there on the front of my yeah. brain because that, that too is a remake and that, that paranoia <laughs> feeling. But I would say that the thing is a lot more claustrophobic than this film. It is. Than this film. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I really liked about it, let me see what you think about this. This felt like a documentary at times. This felt like very real. Yeah. It felt very real to life. These people felt very real because I yep. think it's because there wasn't a lot of music in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, like as the movie goes on, like I really feel like I'm just watching random people in the, you know, normal life. And this is what's happening to them. And it's not even a movie. They don't feel like movie characters. Yeah. And, you know, it, it feels like something, I mean, Will this happen to us? No. <laughs> this has this happen? has this happened you know, to us? That's a better is, question. Is, is yeah. the better question. Um, one of the things one of the things I really liked about the way that this was set up was the inroad into the story. Uh, Donald Sutherland's character and and we could call them by their character's name. I'm going to call them by the actors' names because that's how I was thinking of them when I was watching this. Um, Donald Sutherland works for the health department, and so that's the inroad and. Uh, Brooke Adams also works for the health department Mm -hmm. and she's kind of the, the inciting, you know, incident into the story because uh, the flower, uh, she brings home the flower, the flower infects her boyfriend, the dentist. And then from there on there, you're into it. And so she's the first one that's kind of paranoid. She's Mm -hmm. seen something different. And I love the way that uh, Kaufman uses the point of view stuff in here with her when they're going down the street and she's looking out the window and you'll notice a few people looking back, Mm -hmm. you know, at her like because they've changed, you know, they've changed already. (laughs) And when the movie opens, I, I was under the impression that people had already started to change. Uh, Robert Duvall has a very small cameo mm-hmm. in this movie as a priest and he's on a swing and did you get the idea that there was something a little off about oh, him yeah. and the kids yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> and all these spores are growing in uh, Golden Gate Park or wherever they are in San Francisco but I love the fact that you just get thrown into it you're n- given no explanation you know you find out an hour and a half in the movie that they're they, they fly on the solar wind as they say they go and they're about survival that to me is almost too much. Mm-hmm. I didn't even need that. I love that you don't get any explanation. What do you think this movie would be like if it was made today? If if uh, how much exposition would it take for them explaining? Could you see that happening? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to picture the movie today be- because you know they love to explain. Yeah. They have to explain everything, everything. <laughs> right? And I mean, you would you would spend an hour. Like seeing the things come in where they're from, you know, true. And I, this movie wasn't very scary to me. Mm -mm. It was very creepy. Mm -hmm. It was very unsettling. And yeah, you kind of felt uncomfortable. I felt (laughs) uncomfortable the entire time I was watching this. And a lot of it has to do like what I was saying with the point of view shots Mm -hmm. of the people looking the way the people, you know, the, the conformity then of people moving, um, 
Yeah, and Brooke uh, Adams, her reactions to this, I think, were selling a lot of oh, it. Yeah. And she wasn't over the top at all. Exactly. Like so they don't feel like movie characters. They feel like they feel like how real a people. real person would react to something yeah. like this happening. Yeah. Sutherland, uh, in particular, I liked his performance. Let's talk he about was, the cast. He was my favorite because we got some weirdos in here, don't we? Yes. We have some weirdos in here. 1978, uh, Donald Sutherland was in two classic movies in 1978. The other was Animal House, and then he popped up here. <laughs> Donald Sutherland was a really big movie star in the 70s, late 60s, mm-hmm. or, uh, and then into the 70s. And uh, I think he's wonderful here. Let's, we'll get to his performance in a, in a moment, because I feel like he grounds a lot of this. Mm-hmm. He, we're seeing the story through Brooke Adams' eyes, but we're, we're, we're moving through it with Donald Sutherland, if that makes any sense. So we got Donald Sutherland, we got Brooke Adams. Uh, she is married to Tony Shalhoub, as we said, of uh, Monk fame. So maybe that was in my mind as, as we were you know, <laughs> looking for a movie to do. Right. And uh, she pops up in Monk quite a bit, and uh, uh, she's really great here. Uh, we have Veronica Cartwright. She was in uh, another horror movie, Hall of Famer, uh, Alien. Mm-hmm. She's in it. We got Jeff Goldblum, who's who's this oddity <laughs> unto himself, right? <laughs> we have, uh, who else? Oh, yes. And then the big one. Let's not forget the big one that we have. We have. <laughs> Did you almost forget? The science officer of the USS Enterprise. We have Leonard Nimoy <laughs> here. What do you think in total of this cast? Uh, and I'll just throw this out. I think this is one of the oddest Cat, and, and I mean that lovingly. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I, there's. There. Every one of these performers is is unique mm-hmm. in anything that they're in, and here you have them all together. Right. Yeah. You know, like I agree, they are an odd cast, but they work so well. Like I said earlier, this is probably one of my favorite casts in a movie in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Seen. Yeah. Know, they just they just worked. I believed them. And isn't it great to know that Jeff Goldblum has always been Jeff Goldblum yes. going back 40 some odd years. Was there any did any of these uh, fine guys or girls really stand out to you? Sutherland did for sure. Sutherland for did. I don't know. What, he just, what was it about him? Well, you said it. He kind of grounded the movie. And I feel like that was I don't know. I feel like I was kind of uh, I don't know how to just maybe holding on to him. Kind of like he's the. Because you're 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 figuring it out with him, mm-hmm. and right. and he's off center. Donald Sutherland is mm-hmm. uh, as a as a as an actor, and so you, you trust him, right? In a way, and then he's but he's so odd that he's the perfect guide for this. Mm-hmm. But you know that he's a good guy. You know he's he's you know he, right. his intentions are are honorable throughout this movie, right? You know and. I feel like, you know, seeing it because you're seeing it a lot through his eyes. And I, I feel like it's just wonderful because she unravels pretty quickly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you see him unravel throughout the movie. So you see it happening to him. So you see like his normal world and then the paranoia comes in. But but the paranoia, he plays that so well. So and I'm nice. thinking of the scene in particular, the montage where he's uh, making all the phone calls. You, mm-hmm. you remember, remember that when mm-hmm. you see him walking the streets and people walking and it's almost kind of these non sequitur images of people crossing the street. You don't see him so much. You see just people going about their thing. And it's odd. And it's creepy because <laughs> they're all moving in unison, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, yeah. And Who's you see, to, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to remember you. No, I'm just saying. But you see him kind of break down. Yeah. Yeah, as the movie goes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I love I loved the Don Quixote facet to his character because he thinks, he goes, oh, we're going to beat him. At the end, it's like, it's you and her, man. Like, 
Like I know. You know, he's he's so so held in on 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 destroying them, and it's like, you know, it's Pyrrhic. It's a Pyrrhic victory because they've gotten everybody, man. Like so. No, I was gonna say who who stood up for you? Was it him or some other it, different? I'll tell you, it was Nimoy. It was Nimoy was because I think um, I, I think that was brilliant casting mm-hmm. because Nimoy uh, at the beginning is so unspock. And I mean, let's 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 not beat around the bush. When you see Leonard Nimoy, you think Spock. Oh yeah, you know. And um, but you see him at the beginning; he's so unspock playing uh, Kibler, I think mm-hmm. is his name, the psychiatrist, and you know, showing emotion and all this. But then it's funny because when he becomes a pod person, he almost becomes Spock in a way. <laughs> right. But it's like the dark, evil, twisted version of Spock. <laughs> Spock taken to like the almost logical conclusion right like right. i'm being funny there but i was watching like when he switched when he becomes one of the pod people and i'm like that's spock mm-hmm. like yeah. and i think it was brilliant casting but the thing i kept getting from nimoy is man this guy's a creep the, oh, he the, is. the, the david character the 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 dr david mm-hmm. kibler character and he's just a a, a self-absorbed creep and even before he changes he's a creep and i know and I thought it was really great casting because I, I thought it was kind of inspired. You got a science fiction icon, and this is, you know, ten years after Trek, you know, right. had, uh, had gone off the air. They hadn't made a movie yet, so mm-hmm. it. Uh, you got one of the great you know heroes of science fiction playing playing this great villain. He, he's an antagonist because not only is he the villain then when he becomes a pod person, but also he's the antagonist because he's the one questioning everything mm-hmm. you know questioning their motives and i think adding a layer of suspense to the thing because uh brooke adams especially is losing it and he's trying to tell her no you're not losing it and he's <laughs> gaslighting her and then he gets infected and then he is definitely gaslighting her and it's nope. <laughs> he's a creep what did what did you think of seeing ne- have you seen nimoy in anything outside of star trek um... and it's okay if you hadn't I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't think that I have. Because he had always played these heroic roles. He he was Spock. He was on Mission mm-hmm. Impossible for a few years. I mean, so here you get him playing this kind of. Feel like I've seen him in something. Kind of oddball, you know. Yeah. And uh, what? But what did you think of seeing? Because I know you love Spock, uh, well, don't you? Uh, yes, and I'm still like. But at the beginning, like, where is Spock at? <laughs> who is this? Who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, who is this total creep? Yeah, that. Yeah, it's different to see him in a role like that, but he can play it so well. You know? it, it goes to prove what a great actor, actor he yeah. was. And my God, the man had one of the great voices of all time. That voice was just like whiskey, you know, know. Like, like whiskey or, or molasses. It had that, that real quality to it mm-hmm. that uh, you can't really describe. But my God, like... What an actor. You know, he played Sherlock Holmes on stage, uh, I think, to great fanfare uh, during the 70s. And I would love to see that. Yeah. Or, or I don't know if there is any footage, footage of that out yeah. there. But, um, yeah, he was he was great. He was a fantastic like actor. It. And, I, I yeah, seeing this, it had been a minute since <laughs> I'd seen it. I remembered he was in it. And I remember when I was a kid and saw this, like, being tripped out that, that, that <laughs> Spock was in this movie. And Spock was uh, was a creep. He really is. <laughs> was, a, was a real creep. We have uh, Veronica Cartwright of Alien fame, and she's been in a lot of other stuff, but everybody remembers her from Alien. <laughs> and uh, so she suffers the same fate here uh, that she suffers in Alien. Basically, poor Veronica Cartwright is the girl that makes it 
<laughs> to the end of the movie only to be well she's taken out right at the end of alien and here she's taken out off screen so it's like she does make it to the last minute of the movie and then she's taken out obviously mm-hmm. in an alien we we see her taken out and i'm gonna i'm gonna say this veronica cartwright's death scene in alien is one of the scariest most unnerving things i've ever seen in my life yeah. when she's like completely catatonic yeah i agree <laughs> yeah and did you know her character was supposed to be the one that made it hmm. okay it was either she was going to play ripley or her character was going to be the one that made it it's it's one of those two but either way she's in the movie and she dies right at the end just like she <laughs> <laughs> dies after the credits here um, she's some bad luck I I, guess. I, i've always i've always had a soft spot for veronica cartwright probably because of alien i really like her performance in in that movie mm-hmm. so much and she really fits this sci-fi thing yeah so well she's uh she's an odd bird um she she just looks a little odd yeah um but I feel like she's, she's a very attractive woman. It's just she's she's kind of got that odd she's quality. She's odd, but she's almost so normal that it does that make any sense? Like she's normal seeming, but and you hit you just hit the nail on the head because <laughs> the thing that gets me about her in Alien is how vulnerable she is, and here how vulnerable she is, and mm-hmm. she she creates a lot of sympathy. Yeah, a lot of empathy and sympathy very mm-hmm. quickly, and it's 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 unnerving. <laughs> It's unnerving. It and I love the pairing of her and Goldblum. What do you think of Jeff Goldblum? Just just Jeff Goldblum in general. Oh man. He's a character. Like what do you what do you, I don't even know how to really talk about him because he's just so If I told you Jeff Goldblum played jazz piano, would you be surprised? No. Yeah, he does. He plays jazz piano. I, yeah, I feel like I knew that. But. Yeah. I love him. And uh it's great to see kind of one of the first things he did. This is this is very early in his career and uh, I love him and Veronica Cartwright together. Mm-hmm, I love seeing <laughs> Goldblum and Nimoy together on on screen. Goldblum after he gets uh assimilated. I love he's not in it much after he gets assimilated, but the difference in the physicality, mm-hmm. you know, that he brings to it uh just in that one couple one short scene. Yeah. I think is really good. Uh, the whole cast, as we said, is, is really good. Now, we haven't really talked about Brooke Adams too mm-hmm. much. I think we should. She's uh, the least odd to me out of out of the oddballs here, although she definitely fits in with them. What did you think of, of her performance? Because in a lot of ways, we said subtle and grounds this. Brooke Adams is part of is one of our tour guides, too. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of sympathy with her uh, yeah, throughout the movie. I, what did you think of her? I, I loved her. I think... I think she's kind of right there, kind of toe in toe with him, kind of grounding the movie. But you know, she's got that thing that you don't want anything to happen to her. You know, <laughs> since you're like, who did, who did we say that about? Uh, we said that about somebody else on this on this show before. Oh. There was uh, one, and it was a character and an actress in particular. Like you don't want anything bad to happen I can't to rem- her. Remember, but I don't remember. but I had that feeling too. Yeah, with her, it's like you don't want anything yeah, bad to happen to her. No, you don't. Because she's she can do that thing with her eyes that she does in the <laughs> film, which is funny. So yeah, I liked her. You know, who she reminded me of a little bit with the flowers and the hair. Who's that? Janet from Three's Company. A little bit. Yeah. I don't know why? <laughs> That's funny because I was trying to think who she reminded me of when I was watching this, she and just, that she just had a Janet vibe. That for must some have reason. been it. Yeah. Well, we have another character in the movie that we have not talked about, and that is the city of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. San Francisco. Uh, I've never been to San Francisco. Have you? No. I and I feel like I need to go because so much art and music that I mm-hmm. love comes from San Francisco. Um, 
great American bands come out of San Francisco, yep. like Creedence Clearwater Revival, mm-hmm. Huey Lewis in the News, Sly and the Family Stone. <laughs> you know, these uh, uh, Jefferson Airplane comes yep. out of uh, San Francisco. Great American music uh, books. The Beatnik Movement was really kind of headquartered out of San Francisco. City Lights, uh, Lawrence Ferlinghetti's bookstore uh, was there. It may still be there. I'm not sure. Uh, movies, Vertigo, Hitchcock's Vertigo takes place there. Uh, we talked about Monk. Monk is set in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great sports town on top of it, too. Willie Mays played for the Giants, and they were out of San Francisco. Joe Montana. So uh, this, this this is a unique American city, and when you see it on screen, no city looks like San Francisco no, no, no. on screen. And no. and it's the, it's the curves and the hills mm-hmm. and the houses, you know, in the Mission District. Dirty Harry, we talked, uh, we yep. mentioned that uh, was, was there. And there's nothing like it. There's no. really nothing like it I've on screen. I've always wanted to visit it. And I feel like it's a, it's a weird spiritual home for me, even though I haven't <laughs> been. You know, I feel I feel like I need to go visit, uh-huh. you know, ride the trolley, <laughs> and or something like this. But um, but it's it's a really unique looking city, and it is a unique American city on top of it. Yeah. I mean, there's so much history, and uh, and weirdness, you know, in yeah. San Francisco, <laughs> good and bad. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> Good and bad. But um, uh, somebody, there's a podcast I listen to called uh, What Is This Dow All About? It's about Taoism. And uh, one of the hosts said that when he's in the Bay Area, there's something about a deep breath in the Bay Area that is, is a deeper breath than anywhere else. And he said mm. some, there's something magic about the air in San Francisco. So what do you think about San Francisco? Obviously, we can't speak to, to it you know, as, as tourists, <laughs> but... Uh, as someone who's watched a lot of television and, and film and, and has this this thought that I do that this is a kind of a magical place mm-hmm. and nothing like it on screen. What do you, what is it about San Francisco that that draws you in? I, you know, I don't know, but I've always I mean, for as long as I can remember, I would just see it. And I'm like, I want to go there. There's just something that feels inviting about it. Yes. It just kind of pulls you in. You're like, oh, yes. I mean, there's the bridge. There's yeah, a, just... uh, I forget what the, the famous building is there, but I mean, but. But Golden Gate Park and uh, you know Star Trek yeah. Four is in San Francisco. Um, it's a unique place. It just looks so neat on film, mm-hmm. you know, with the winding streets, um, yeah, and the hills and all that. Uh, great uh, bullet, uh, great movie with Steve McQueen was set there. One of the famous car chases in movie history, and they're going over you know those hills. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I think, what I'm trying to get at though is that this story. San Francisco feels like the perfect place for this story. For this story, <laughs> yeah. does it, and and does that does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm I'm actually trying to picture it in like different you know big cities, and it just kind of doesn't feel like it would have been the same, you know. And in a way, and the and the characters all feel like San Francisco people mm-hmm. to me. You know, yeah. Nimoy's character especially mm-hmm. feels like San Francisco, and uh, Goldblum owning a mud bath. <laughs> You know, but being a poet on top of it, you know, right? <laughs> these feel like people that that populate San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Sutherland's line about uh, when she's talking about her boyfriend being weird, and he says, "Well, what is he doing? Is he voting Republican?" <laughs> Which is a that's a great line, I know. especially for the time. That's a mm-hmm. great line, especially we were talking about with the Watergate kind of tie in and the, and the conspiracy and the paranoia mm-hmm. and all that. So. Uh, Veronica Cartwright's character uh, talks about aliens coming down and mating with humans, changing the DNA. That's a very kind of San Francisco <laughs> thing, right? It is. <laughs> and isn't it uh, funny that there's a character in the thing that mentions that same idea too when he mm-hmm. talks about chariots of the gods? So 
<laughs> yeah, these are like kind of A B sides, right? The I, thing yeah, in, I would in say so, yeah. Body Snatchers, but um, but there's something about San Francisco just feels right for this story, mm-hmm. and I and I don't know what it is or why it is, but it just it, it feels like this is the place where this story had to happen. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels like it's that time to take a break. What do you? I think so too. What do you think? All right, we're going to take a very short break, and when we get back, we're going to wrap up our discussion of 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I am Dan, and I am Faith, and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, Faith, you want to hear a joke? Sure. What did the Zen Buddhist say to the hot dog vendor? I don't know what. Make me one with everything. Ooh. Oh, come on. You, I think it's because you didn't get it. See, because he's Zen and he wants to be one with everything, you see? No, I get it. We'll be right back. I really I don't. Think, I don't think you get it. I get it. I'll explain on that. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We're going to wrap up our discussion of 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Let me say, 
we should have mentioned this in the cast. We had uh, two cameos. Kevin McCarthy was a star of the original. He played the guy who was running through the streets going, they're here, they're here. <laughs> the running man is what they call him in the credits. And director Don Siegel, who directed the original and also Dirty Harry, as we said, he plays the cab driver. And uh, did you see the <laughs> trivia bit? Yes. That Would you was- like to tell the story? <laughs> It says that the the fear of uh, Sutherland and, and uh, Brooke is real because <laughs> Siegel was losing his eyesight and didn't have his glasses. And it was dark yes. when he was driving. <laughs> I, I think that's a ringing endorsement that he showed up mm-hmm. to be in this. So, I don't know uh, why that makes, ugh, I can't, it makes me laugh so hard right. that he's just driving without glasses right. in the dark. Type H too. I'm gonna I'm gonna use Type H from now because he he calls him. If you haven't seen the movie, he calls him uh, Type H because he's been assimilated and they're still human. <laughs> and he calls it in that he has two passengers. Type H. So I thought uh, I, I thought that was really great that those two people showed up. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a wonderful endorsement, you know, for yeah. the film. And uh, it is considered one of the greatest remakes of all time. Mm-hmm. And. I think rightfully so. Yeah. I, I actually think, and it's been a minute since I've seen the original, but this is better than the original. I, think I, this I is saw a lot of people say the that. The quintessential version that of this. This is the, the, yeah, this the best version. Yeah. So um, let's talk about, uh, we were talking about the Watergate thing. Uh, what do you think this is about? What do you think? I mean, I th- you said it earlier. I think you can kind of put it in any direction if you wanted to. You know, I wasn't really thinking about a specific meaning i think like you said you can kind of put it wherever <laughs> yeah yeah the the conspiracy angle really appeals yeah. to me though uh, and of course we've talked about on the show i am a conspiracy theorist <laughs> quote unquote uh a lot of a lot of that going around these days uh <laughs> that's for another show but uh you know i like that angle of it i like the way that the paranoia is you know played out yeah. uh, and the mistrust I, I like even though they're not mistrusting the government so much in this movie right but the time frame you know, mm-hmm. I, I like it. I, I really like it. So we can't talk about this film without talking about the ending. So spoiler <laughs> alert. Spoiler alert. Donald Sutherland gets assimilated. <laughs> uh, did you know? Did you know about the ending? No. Going in. Okay. So was it a surprise to you? It was. Uh, I I have seen that like the GIF, GIF, whatever yeah. you want to call it, and I didn't know what it technically was. <laughs> So I was waiting for it, but I didn't know that's what it was. What did you think of the ending? I liked the ending. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's a little streak of nihilism in this movie, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Veronica Cartwright's big sin, her big mistake, was smiling. So yep. you need to be more like Faith. Don't smile, kids. I was thinking that while I was watching this movie. <laughs> I was like, wow, I could probably really blend in with these people. <laughs> because so, so to, set it, to set it up, to set it up, <laughs> Veronica Cartwright says she you can survive among them if you if show, you no, show emotion. no emotion or feelings. And Faith, our resident Lydia Dietz here. <laughs> A resident Lydia Dietz thinks that she could make it. How long? Now, let me ask you the question. How long do you think you could make it among the pod people? I don't know. I mean, I think laughter would get me if anything was funny, but. Yeah. That would probably be it. But I mean, I could probably walk around. What about if there was a uh, banjo playing dog? Dog slash man, you mean? The dog man, yeah. I don't don't blame Brooke Adams for for running from the dog man. (laughs) 
we should also add that all of the banjo playing in the uh, movie was done by Jerry Garcia, old yes. old Jerry Bear from the from the Grateful <laughs> Dead. You uh, another San Francisco uh, yeah. band? Are you a uh, are you a Dead fan at all? Slightly, they're not somebody. I, uh, they're they're not my favorite. I get why people love them so much. Yeah, and uh, I, I I like a lot of their stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, they're not somebody I go out and like search the, for. And the American to, Beauty uh, album that they did is uh-huh. is really good. Uh, I mean, there's some great tracks. I, I'm I've just never really been a huge fan right. of that sound, yeah. but uh, love Jerry Garcia. He was a great player. Oh yeah, great player. And some of the stuff he did with uh, Dave Grisman, I believe is his name is uh is really good uh uh really good kind of like bluegrass stuff he was doing so um no total you know none but love for him you know it's just i i not my go-to right you know but another great san francisco band so would you survive as a pod person how do you think you'd do oh no no i i i wouldn't i'd roll my eyes i'd (laughs) i uh i would try not to but it's kind of funny because i i I think a lot of people would say I'm a joyful person. You know, I, I, I do. I think they would say that. Uh, but I don't think it's my joyfulness that would give me away. I think it's my uh, disdain yeah. that would <laughs> that would seal the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where that's where I'm at, too. But I really I was laughing. I'm like, man, I could you can pro- survive could amongst probably them. Probably survive. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. It's uh, it's it's really wonderful. Uh, where you put this uh, on the sci-fi? We've talked about quite a few sci-fi movies here, and, I'm, uh, and if you're out there, you're still with us. If you're still listening, we we really didn't prepare for the show outside of watching the movie. Yeah. Uh, we kind of wanted to keep it loose tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, where you where you put this on the sci-fi list? Ooh, I mean, it's up there. There's just so many. I love sci-fi movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as the movies we've talked about, I would put this under the thing. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd put it in a top 10 list for sure. Yeah. You know. You know what's great? Nary a drop of blood is spilled. Yeah. In this movie. There's really and you know what's weird? This movie is rated PG. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Stephen King said the uh, Sutherland beating the head of the Donald Sutherland mm-hmm. pod person was one of the most violent things he'd ever seen. I was like. Really? I didn't think. You know, well, he was drinking a lot then. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That was during his. Yeah. His, that period of his life you know i feel like it was a good mix of uh of like sci-fi and horror because you know you've got your obviously pod people alien stuff but i feel like there was a good mix of horrific and a sense of non-violence you know it's just like, yeah like a lot of tension in this movie right yeah a lot, a lot of tension and you could feel the tension mm-hmm. you know but it, it this movie knew when to let you off the hook you know it's right. not it's not like a roller coaster it's more right. of a uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a spook house mm-hmm. in a way, right. but it's it's not a roller coaster, Mm-mm. and uh, it doesn't play with you, and it treats you s- smartly. You know, <laughs> it doesn't treat you like you're a dumbass either. It, <laughs> you know, because like I said, it doesn't give you much information. It's letting Mm-mm. you make connections, and you're feeling like the characters, which right. I think is. Is, is wonderful uh philip kaufman did a great job with the directing too some of those uh tilted angles he was using and did you notice the film was uh way far away mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie and then as we get uh to the midpoint we get closer mm-hmm. uh, yeah so it's about yep. 45 minutes in i think you have the first close-up i think on on donald Sullivan, real close-up yeah. On him, you know, we so, get a real uh, close up at the end of him. Yeah, yeah, you're one of the most. Yeah, you go all the way into his, <laughs> like mouth, in his mouth, all the way into his mouth. It's a great, it's a great look, isn't it? So this is a great movie, and and like I said, picked it because of some of the things going on right now. You know, because with uh, 
with the uh, with the invisible disease. <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. oh, who has it? <laughs> you know, and I mean, but you could. We're saying you can read anything into it. I'm sure during the '80s you could read AIDS onto this, you right? Know, just like we were talking about the thing. You know, Carpenter being yep. aware of that. Uh, I don't think AIDS was a thing yet when no. this came out, and uh, but again, anything like that, health related, you can you can uh, you can layer anything exactly. onto it. But uh, I was thinking about that with uh, I've texted you several times throughout all of this. You know, when you listen for for better or for worse, you know, uh, some of the fear porn out there. You know, there's a lot of fear porn going on with 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 uh, the pandemic. And uh, I would text you and I'd say, we're living in the thing right now. I mean, (laughs) literally not us, but like other people like looking over their shoulder, you know. Yeah, Yeah, I just. You know, burn it with fire. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like you can't you can't live like that, though. No, it makes you. No. It makes you. I don't know. So it was a. Uh, it was a nice string of events that brought us to invasion of the body snatchers, <laughs> a, a worldwide pandemic, quote unquote. Uh, me quitting smoking and watching <laughs> Monk, and uh, seeing uh, Brooke Adams and and remembering that she was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> good pick. It's a really good, good pick. pick. It was on a list for sci-fi stuff. So yes, you know. Yes, we would have done it eventually, but I think yeah. it, I think it was it was good going, timing. going to get back to. So, if you haven't seen this, please watch it. If it has been a while since you've seen it, like it was for me, watch it. I think I think you're gonna. Uh, it's a very rewarding experience to watch this movie. It's very well done. You're not going to see much like this because it's so quiet. We didn't talk about that. How quiet this movie is. This movie yeah. has very little score. What score is there is really wonderful and intense and and and. And kind of turns the screw as it is. Yeah, and I can't remember who it was. Somebody decided, I don't know if it's the person who did the music or mm-hmm. whoever, somebody decided to use their baby's heartbeat. Okay. And pig squealing. Yeah. And like that was most of the sounds throughout the movie. You'd hear yeah. that heartbeat sound and just all the shrieking. Yeah. And, I mean, that, like, that's creepy without having no music and just these. The sound, sounds. yeah, the sound design was just just off the yeah. chain on this, and uh, one of the best sound designs I've seen in a film. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really well done, yeah. and uh, you know, I mean, seventies <laughs> seventies films are just amazing. They really are. Yeah, they really are, because this is uh, on the tail end of it. Because they kind of look at Star Wars as the death mm-hmm. of that personal seventies picture. So this is, you know, the year after. So, I mean, you're still kind of there and right. it just, you know, it, this feels like a seventies movie though. Yeah. In, in the best sense of the, where, I mean, Francis Ford Coppola's people were involved in this. I saw American Zotrope, you know, in the credits and mm-hmm. Phil Kaufman is part of that crew. So, I mean, and Robert Duvall's there and he's part of that crew. So, yeah. uh, I think, uh, he got paid with a jacket. If, if, um, I, I read if that. I'm, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, he got paid with a jacket. I read that. So, <laughs> And uh, everybody in the cast got paid the same amount, except for Donald Sutherland. I read yeah. too. So, uh, this is this is a high recommendation for me. Oh, did you also read that? Uh, what's her name? Cartwright. I can't think. For Veronica. Veronica. She did not know the ending. Yeah. And, like yeah. I read that after. I was like, oh, that's so. Whatever she was doing, yeah. that was real. Yeah, like, that's pretty cool. Uh, I like when people do that, like just throw people in there. And, and I read no that uh, he told the studio they were going to film a happy ending like the original one, <laughs> but it was never it, it never filmed and it was never planned. Like they were always going to end it in it that way, which I, I think is the it. correct ending for this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, before we say goodnight, 
favorites, anything favorite out of this? Uh, your favorite performance was Sutherland. Yes. Mine was uh, Nimoy. It's a tough. I mean, it's, it's yeah. They're it's they're really so hard good. not to pick him though. Nimoy Nimoy was really for me a revelation in this. He mm-hmm. just how creepy he could be because uh, you don't get that with Spock. No. You know? <laughs> yeah, and he looked like he was enjoying himself. Oh yeah. He looked like he was having fun. Nimoy was really great. Um, the whole cast was though. Uh, did you have a uh, favorite moment? I have one in particular. What you got? Uh, it's when they um, when they hear. They've talked to Veronica Cartwright, and they know they can survive if they don't show any emotion. And they walk out uh, from where they're hiding, mm-hmm. and and uh, Kaufman only shows us their feet. And they yes. walk past the group, and you follow them, and then you go back to the group, and they mm-hmm. stop. And it's a, it's a group of I'd say eight or ten people, and they turn and start following, start following. them. And I love that he shows it to you mm-hmm. in uh, yeah, you know, just the feet. Yeah. It, it feels very comic book to me. It's very, it's a very visual visual scene yeah. and uh I, I really like that scene uh i like the uh i like the pod stuff i like the uh you know the the, the birthing of the pod oh, you know, just and it's hard that. not to compare that to the thing, the thing. <laughs> but uh the special effects are really good here mm-hmm. uh but uh that was my favorite moment though was the uh was the feet uh, i really like that moment i like the fact that you're looking through a broken windshield uh from most mm-hmm. of the movie which i thought was i thought it was a clever a clever an analogy yeah. I don't know. It made me feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> as it should. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're like waiting for something to to happen or something. Yeah, you know? and I don't know. I like. Yeah, I liked the birthing scene. I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, kind of reminded me of Starman in a way too. Yeah, true. Yeah, uh, but uh, my favorite moment though was definitely the feet. I thought mm-hmm. I thought that was it was really good, was really well done. And then uh, you know the two screams, the 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 warning scream that yes. the uh, that the pod people give off i thought those were really great uh her her when she is reborn as a pod person is mm-hmm. that's a that's a really creepy moment yeah when she talks to him when she kind of it's like uh reminded me of last crusade where she just withers away <laughs> and then she pops up behind him she was she was really good in that scene though. yeah very but, uh, creepy i think like i said the, they were just i love the whole movie i think yeah. it's a great movie great cast yeah highest recommendation here definitely oh, yeah. it's definitely a good kind of uh chill kind of a chill horror movie mm-hmm. in, in a way yeah sci-fi horror really really good stuff so faith and i uh did uh have the discussion about this so we're gonna go ahead and let this uh out of the bag i we we're not sure coming back if we're gonna be every week or every other week uh but uh we are gonna be back regularly with uh new episodes and uh, i think the next one's gonna be 1984 or 85 depending on which uh release date you find <laughs> it's gonna be ghoulies <laughs> we decided we're gonna have a little fun we got a great little horror comedy from uh from the mid 80s That's and gonna uh, be fun. <laughs> it has been forever since i've seen it you haven't I've seen never it have seen you it. i don't yeah i don't think i've seen and, it and uh the trailer um we'll play the trailer after the show maybe but the trailer <laughs> with uh it won me over when they had the group of people in the house and uh you know what are we gonna do tonight you know they're having college kids having a party you know uh, you know, let's go drinking. You know, let's play strip poker. Yeah, let's have a ritual. <laughs> Just I was like, I'm in. I'm in. Let's watch right? it. Let's watch it. The ghoulies look precious, and they come up out the toilet. So <laughs> it's a win-win all the way around. Oh man, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's good to be back. Um, Faith, do you have anything you'd like to add about Invasion of the Body Snatchers? I think that's it. If you haven't seen it, see it. I would like to add. Uh, 
check out the podcast. What's this Dow all about with Dr. Carl Totten? Uh, it is available wherever podcasts can be found just like this show. And, uh, it's a very interesting and unique look into Taoism faith. You've listened to one episode mm-hmm. for sure. huh? Mm-hmm. And Dr. Carl Totten just seems like one of the, he's a great human being. And, uh, it's, 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 it's not a religious thing at all. It's just a, it's a really great if, uh, insight into that. So if you're interested in Eastern religion, uh, if you just want to see how chill you can make your life, check out, What's this Dow all about? Uh, they started five years ago, so I'm working my way through the show. They're still producing the show. His uh, Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Kelly is his name, and I think they're a wonderful team, so that gets my my highest recommendation. And uh, mm-hmm. just wanted to throw that out there because I think if we were all a little more chill, I think the world <laughs> would be a better place. What about you, Frank? I totally agree. Yes. <laughs> it feels like it's that time. Feels like it's that time. It I'm does. listening. Do you hear music? I think I do. I do too. Well, it's that time again. It's time to say goodnight. Feels like it just flew, didn't it? I know. Yeah, <laughs> good night. Good film, good night, good friend, good company. So mm-hmm. uh, we hope all of you out there are doing well. We hope you're staying safe. We hope you're staying sane. That's the important thing. Yes. Stay sane. Uh, and remember, it's okay to turn the news off every now and then. Yes. It's okay to turn the news off. Yes. Do that. Listen to the back episodes of the Late Night Friday or watch a great movie. Call a friend. In fact, I'm going to go one better. Get together with a friend. It's time. It's time to start getting together again. So, Faith, let's do it. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. We'll see you on the other side. housewarming party. Whoa! What do you guys want to do? Well, we could play hide and go seek. <laughs> yeah. What about Trivial Pursuit? Yeah. yeah. Trip. Poker. Yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. Let's do a ritual. yod hey bow hey to do the hokey pokey and turn yourself. Hey, knock it off. Come. I order thee. In the name of the most holy trinity. Come. I order thee. Well, that was fun. No, no, wait. I, I need to dismiss the spirit. So do I. Where's the bathroom? Upstairs. <laughs> Unfortunately, there will be some surprise guests. They have very bad manners. And they have no respect for privacy. They'll wake up the neighbors. 
What the hell's in there? And they never take no for an answer. Oh, man, that chick is really a screamer. <laughs> Goons, once they show up, you can never get rid of them. <laughs> ah! They'll get you in the end.